Welcome to our very first edition of our Roan Infobytes podcast. I'm Claire Milligan, Marketing Operations Manager at our biofarm Roan. Today I'm joined by Simon Beavis, our Managing Director, and Carol Donnelly, Head of International Marketing and Business Development, and we will be talking about the history of our biofarm Roan. So welcome to our very first edition of our Roan Infobytes series. So thank you for joining me here today. I've got Simon Beavis and Carol Donnelly. Can you start by giving a brief introduction of yourself and perhaps your history with the company as well? Okay, well, I'll start. Uh, I'm Carol Donnelly. I'm the International Marketing and Business Development Manager. Um, I've been with the company for probably over about 30 years and a lot of different job capacities, so from technical service, R&D, into some of the sales and marketing thing, and I've been there for quite a while now. But uh, yep. yeah, so I've seen the company from the very start when we were very small to what it is today. Um, so yeah, I'm Simon. Um, I'm the managing director. I've been with the company since February 1993. Um, I joined as an international sales guy, and uh, gradually progressed. And uh, I became managing director in 2007. Um, some something about the history. I think you said uh, what I discovered after I joined. Actually, I probably wouldn't have joined if I'd known. Was that what, the year I joined we? lost more money than we turned over. Um, <laughs> so it's probably a good thing it was a secret. Um, fortunately, we're not in that, that position no, anymore. No, And, um, yeah, we had, we, had, we, had a lot of, we had a lot of us who had a lot of experience, uh, sorry, a lot of responsibility at a very young age. And um, that can lead to great triumphs and the occasional disaster, <laughs> which we're, maybe we'll come on to. I mean, I think what I remember at the, the sort of earlier days as well was we were all very young yep. in terms of the management positions. Yep. Um, also, we had hardly any products. We had about half a dozen different test kits. And we definitely were, any money we made went right back into R&D. So everything was very frugal at the start. Yep. We didn't have a lot of money for travel or for accommodation. <laughs> so that led to a lot of sort of strange events over the years. Yeah. Well, I'll come on and touch about those in a little bit more detail, but really what we want to do, we're a food diagnostic company. So what we want to do, just as a little icebreaker, if you like, is share some funny stories or memorable stories about food. So obviously we've been traveling a lot. Have you got anything? I've yeah. got one. Well, you start. So, well, the first time, as Carol said, we were, we were fairly young, like 20s. And the first time I had, I went to Southeast Asia. I mean, I'd never been to Southeast Asia in my life and I never imagined I would. And the first time we went, I was so paranoid about what the food would be like. I was going for at least two weeks, possibly three. And I was going to Korea, Japan, and I think Australia. So it was a really long trip. Yep. And I was terrified about what the food would be like. So I packed my, packed about 50 tracker bars into my suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, as it turned out, the food in Korea and Japan was, was really good and yep. I, I was very fortunate. So I carried these 50 tracker bars <laughs> all, all around the world and brought about 45 of them home after three weeks. Um, so, yeah. Yep, yep. Um, another one that's perhaps not so funny, but <clears throat> when I first went to China... We, we did a tour of um, the peanut processing plants. And I can remember we went, there was a big conveyor belt and there were mostly ladies sat around the conveyor belt picking out the 
visually imperfect peanuts. Yep. And I'd be with the manager and he was laughing. And I didn't like the way, I didn't like that really, but he laughed and he, because they were, he said, these women earn a dollar a day. Which even then, yep. 30 years yep. ago, 20, whatever, was a lot, was not much. And um, that evening we went, it, the person we were with took us to a restaurant. And although we didn't have this, on the menu there was a dish which was $1,000 a plate. Yep. And I remember just thinking, it takes those ladies a thousand yep. days to make the money to pay for whatever that was. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was really stunned by that. And yeah. it stayed with me all, the, all this time. Yeah. yeah. Also at that time, we wouldn't have had uh, the money to be able to, you know, buy anything like that through the, the business. Oh, even anyway. now. But, I mean, I th- just back then, it was just happened lucky. to be on the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe if and someone else was paying, I don't know. But it, I, it, it was just something yeah. in the same day to see that. Yeah. It was really, it was really astonishing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my kind of food stories, I had one of the best and one of the worst meals in the same restaurant. Basically, okay. um, I really like <laughs> I really like uh, Peking duck, mm-hmm. and uh, we went to a restaurant in Beijing where they had the best Peking duck, and it was absolutely fantastic. But in the same restaurant, they cooked every bit of the duck, so it was like the brown meat. Then there was the head, the brain, yep. Yep. Um, the the feet. And then at the end, they even roasted the bones in the, every part of the duck. So I just have to say, I don't think I'll be trying duck's feet again for a while because uh, <laughs> you can imagine the yeah. texture is just exactly as you could imagine. Crunchy. It's pretty horrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny how all our, all our stories are from Asia, isn't it? Again, mm. um, I'm quite a fussy eater, as you probably know. And that was one of the reasons why I tried to be vegetarian for quite a while because I was always quite scared of what I might get. And I thought, mm-hmm. vegetables, you're fairly safe. And um, I remember this time in Asia, we, I was given a salad, which was quite enjoyable till I got to the bottom of it. And um, <coughs> it had some fish eyeballs in it. Oh, <laughs> and nice. um, I have to say that um, I wasn't so vegetarian after that. I decided, well, I might be better with a bit of steak. Oh, <laughs> that explains it. I've always wondered yeah, how that came about. <laughs> But yeah, I think it can be quite different to what we're used to here. Yeah. So. I also once had uh, squid, which was um, raw. It was, well, it wasn't prepared at all. It yep. was still la- alive. Um, but I never tasted it. Okay. But uh, again, it was in a restaurant where they prepare things very quite expensive and that kind of thing. But uh, I actually thought it was just glistening with the water. But actually, when they put a chopstick along <laughs> its oh, its no. tentacles, it, it done all of this. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we've got that out of the way. Hopefully, a little bit more comfortable now. Um, so, yeah, I think we can look about, sort of talk about a bit more about the history about our biofarm, where we came from and where we are today. So, yeah, one of you want to start maybe a bit more about where we came from to start um, with? Well, we, we started as Mayan Baker Diagnostics in... 86, I think we started. Yeah. Um, as a spin out, it was a, I think a partnership between Strathclyde University and uh, May and Baker. Okay. Um, I think there was a PhD project at Strathclyde that piqued the interest of, of, Rome, of May and Baker. Um, I wasn't, I joined in 93, so this was before my time, probably even before yours, Carol, I think. Yeah. But, um, and I, I, when I started, we were in a, what is now a hotel on just off George Square on the fifth and sixth floors. Yep. Um, and you had to take a rickety old lift to get up there. <laughs> um, and then um, we were bought by somebody uh, called 
uh, Pierre Belmar, who worked for Roan Poulenc, who were the parent company of May and Baker. And Roan Poulenc, even then, were 15, 20 billion pounds a year, one of the top five companies in France. Um, he left the business because he wanted to run a small business and bought our company. And I think that was kind of a sink or swim experience, Carol. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we were all, as we've said several times, very young. And then suddenly this guy who was very important in a very big company comes along and he's got standards and expectations, which were probably higher than we were able to meet at the time, <laughs> you know, and, and, and you know, you, you, you either survived or you didn't. And, and I think Pierre taught us an enormous amount. Um, also sometimes what not to do, perhaps yeah. he was quite tough, yep. very tough, but, but, and he really turned us around. He got us over to the science park. Um, got us to a point where we were actually making some money, <laughs> yep. which was a nice uh, change. Yep. And um, I think when he felt he'd done his job, he sold us to our biofarm. And, and that's turned out to be, I think, any anybody in a company that's, get, that's bought, you always wonder, you know, how's this going to go? Yep. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, with all honesty, they've been an absolutely brilliant parent yeah. and they, they couldn't have done any more for us and that's 20 years I more think, now. I think then. when Pierre sold us to, <clears throat> um, to our biofarm, he kind of was wanting to sell us to a company that was kind of like-minded and, um, you know, Ralph Dreher was the owner of the yeah. company at that time mm. and it was very much a family-type business and yep. we kind of thought of ourselves as quite a small family-type business. Yep. Um, so the fit was very good and um, I think also the infrastructure, uh, our biofarm had some really good um, distributors and network and we had others and between the two of us, I think um, it really helped grow the business. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So obviously being bought by or joining with our biofarm has been one important and memorable moment for everybody. What other memorable moments can you remember throughout your time with the company? I'm sure there's been many stories. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, well, I suppose if you're looking at, you know, achievements maybe in the business, um, you know, things like, I suppose, building our own premises mm -hmm. was a huge yeah. one for us because when you, as Simon said, we started off on the sixth floor of um, a building in the city centre with pretty poor equipment, etc. And then to be able to build our own premises, bespoke premises with our own laboratories and everything, mm -hmm. I think was a huge milestone yeah. for the business. Um, so that was probably business-wise, that was one of the memorable yeah. Points, I would say. Um, I would agree. And then extending it. And extending, yeah. A couple yeah. of years mm -hmm. ago or three years ago. Yep. I think the, the going back, I mean, I think that's true. And that, that's, a, that's a forward forward focused achievement. I, yep. I'd agree with that. I also remember, and Carol may have you know, similar memories, but going back to Pierre's time, mm -hmm. uh, we entered a competition uh, sponsored by Scottish Enterprise yep. for uh, export achievement. And, um, I mean, Carol and I were asked to be the people who sort of did that. And, yep. and, and we, we made a presentation, I think at least one. Did we have to do it twice? I think we had to do it twice. We had a, a first round and then a second yeah. round sort of thing. Yeah. So it was all big, you know, a bit of that. In those days, it was a certain pressure. Yep. Yeah, big deal. And we knew Pierre was watching. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then we, we won. Yep. So there's a picture on, I've, I've still, it's, it's not, I've not put it up on the wall because it's not flattering to either of us, to be honest. But, <laughs> I do know the picture but, you're talking but, about. You know, I've, there's a picture of Carol and I holding this award and we were so proud, weren't we? I was yeah. very, we were very proud and we phoned Pierre to tell him. 
And he said, well, I would have expected you win. I'd have been very disappointed if you hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the answer. Yeah. So we got kind of deflated us a bit, didn't yeah. it? But um, we laugh about it still. I think had he congratulated us, we maybe wouldn't have remembered it all these years well, later. Well, that's but, um, it. Yep. And I also yeah. remember when we were using acetates and things like that, I was um, asking Pierre if I could... Um, get an overhead projector, you know, a proper overhead projector, and he didn't want to spend the money at all. So I borrowed one for a, a meeting that we had, one of the, the business meetings that we had, and uh, I got somebody to have things flying in and explosions <laughs> and all sorts of things. So i uh, done my presentation like that, and at the end of it, he went, oh, I'll right, buy one then. It was about, about 80 quid or something. Yeah. <laughs> The joys of working with acetates back in the day. Oh, goodness. So So obviously, throughout all this time, we've been developing and launching lots of new products. Can you provide a bit of an overview on the products that we currently sell? Uh, Well, I mean, really our main sort of focus and main um, format of test kits is immunoaffinity columns. And we make immunoaffinity columns for mycotoxins, a whole range of mycotoxins, and also for vitamins as well. Um, as I say, we've been developing and we're also looking at sort of new mycotoxins, plant toxins and things that we can develop further for the food and feed industry. Yep. Um, and yeah, I think we're just continuing to to build that, that sort of product range as we sort of go forward. Um don't know if you want to add anything to... Yeah, I, th- I think um, also trying to investigate new technologies. Yep. I think it's very important uh, to, to, to stay relevant and to stay, if you like, ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have initiatives, which I'm not going to... I don't want to go into here, but I think a lot of initiatives that we have that yep. I think will bring new products and new applications yeah. to the market yeah. and add value to it for our customers. Yeah, and some of the things um, I think that have been good with our products as well is we've been able to get SEN approvals and AOAC approvals with some of our products. So yeah. like our, our aflatoxin and our vitamin B12 and biotin columns are you know, officially approved. So those are things that I think we're probably quite proud of as well in the achievements with our product range. To, and I think to be, the vitamin ones in particular are dispute resolution methods. Yep. So, you know, if, if there is a dispute between parties as to the vitamin content of a particular infant formula, for example, it's our method that will mm-hmm. be used. And I think that speaks volumes for the quality of the work that's been done. Yeah. yeah. I think that's one of the things about coming from a small company as well is, you know, you can spend time to really develop your products well. If there's any issues or problems, you can deal with them very quickly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's what we try and pride ourselves on is the quality of, of the different products that we manufacture. Yeah, I think that flows in nicely to we have some really strong company values, which, you know, everyday sort of works towards. Um, and I think it's reflected in our staff retention. You know, both of yourselves have been you know, with the company for 30 plus years. I've been there 16, 17 years. But there's many people, examples of that within the company. Can you tell our listeners a bit about our company values and, and what we do? I think the first thing to say is I think the, the culture of the business was created very early on. I think um, Pierre, to some extent, and Marcel Bonny, who who is still a um, CEO of um, our Biofarm France, had a way of, of making people feel good. Yep. And I think I, I've... And the team and management team have we've tried to carry that on. 
um, and maybe even improve. I think it's important. You know, people spend a lot of time at work. And if you take the time it takes you to get there, the time you spend there, the time you get home, and then you're thinking about it, that's a yep. lot of your day. You need to be happy. Yeah. You know, and I think if you're not happy and challenged and engaged, ultimately you'll go and work somewhere else and where you are. And, and I think what we've got through both the values and through investors in people, platinum, yep. I should say, is a culture where... You know, if you want to try something, you get a chance to try it. If you want to be involved in decisions, you can be involved in decisions. Um, and we're small enough. We're 60 people. You know, it's very easy to know everybody's name, everybody's yeah. family, if they want you to know about their family. You know, there's a lot of, that's a cliche, but it's a kind of a still, Carol mentioned family yep. a little while ago, and I think it, it is still a family in a way. Um you know, and I think we we try very hard to make sure that people we hire are going to fit with the culture and the expectations that we have of both ourselves and of of um, the staff to be friendly and helpful yeah. to each yeah. other and work together. And you know, if things go great, let's celebrate together. <laughs> if they go badly, we'll we'll commiserate together. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that helps retain people. Helps actually helps attract people. Yep. Yeah. And, and um, as, as you said, Claire, I mean, a lot of people in the business have got a lot of time in the business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the other thing <clears throat> is, you know, a lot of the people that come into the business are young, kind of enthusiastic, yeah. are very bright as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're interested to hear about ideas and we're interested in people's input mm. to the business, not just with the products, but also with the business itself and the development of the business. And I think a lot of people feel that and feel part of, you know, what we're trying to achieve there as well. So that kind of retains people. They don't want to go elsewhere when they're really part of the business and they're kind of loyal and, yeah. and uh, involved. And ultimately really. it will be those people who carry the business on. Absolutely, you know yeah. that's the that's the that's the other thing. You yeah. ne it needs to, to it needs to stay healthy and engaged and relevant for the next thirty yeah. years. Yeah. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. I think that's that's the challenge, and yeah. that's you know, you look around the place, and yeah, there's there's some people like me and Carol have been there, here forever, but there are some young ones who've been with yeah. the business five years, yeah. and you can see them developing, and and um, you know, like yourself, Claire. You know, yeah. I, I think there's there's a lot of good things, yeah. you know, for the I mean, future we were, as well. we were laughing on our way here um, and this sort of thing, a blog and, that, <laughs> you know, when we first started with the it's business. podcast, Carol. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> podcast, I mean. Yeah, you, you can tell the concept's a little new <laughs> yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah. Very new, very new. Um, but when you think at the beginning, we were walking about with a, a briefcase full of acetates. Yeah. Um, posting, you know, posting. <laughs> mailers out to customers and licking the stamps and exactly yeah. and now you know obviously younger people coming with different ideas with technology moving on are obviously bringing the company forward mm. and coming up with you yeah. know things like this well, yeah. I think it's important <coughs> this is an example actually mm. but it's, it's important that the limits on the company's activities aren't limited by what the likes of me and Carol can do you know it, it needs to be you know, if, if we're just if we're if we're the limit, then ultimately the company's going to struggle. We need to be able to have folk who are better at stuff than we are, yep. and we've certainly got that now. 
Um, and I, and I'm, I'm very happy about that. Yeah. And I think one example, <clears throat> you talk about memorable moments, actually, we've not mentioned bringing automation in-house for our production. And I think yeah, going forward, huge. that's something else that we are we're yeah. improving. We're looking at new ideas. Do you want to say a bit more about what we've done so far in production? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I'll just mention yeah, about yeah, okay. the, the cobots, which yeah. um, is one of the things. You know, we have um, automated machines which yep. dispense our columns, that produce the, the gels, etc., that go into the columns. And then we have a team of people that finish off the, the immunoaffinity columns before they're packed, etc. And I was just uh, taking some distributor around the other week and uh, I had the first glimpse of the the new cobots that we've brought into yep. the company, um, which is going to work with the operator to try yep. and finish and, and help them produce the columns in a sort of um, an easier manner. Because obviously a lot of the work that's done in production is very repetitive. And um, yeah, so it looked really good. And they were very impressed at the fact that we're always forward thinking and thinking on the next thing that can be done within the business to, yeah. to improve what we're doing. Yeah, yeah I mean, <clears throat> again, it's, you can get a historical perspective on it as well. I mean, back in the day, everything was done manually. Yep. You know, from making the slurries in a, a flask yep. and, and, and to dispensing and to <clears throat> putting the different components of the columns together. And, uh, you know, I think we got to a point probably 10 years ago where the volume was just too much to do that. And so then we invested in a machine that, dispenses, frits, prints the columns. Um, and that took a while to, that's a big deal. It took yep. a while to get reliable. Yep. Um, and then we've, we invested in another system which can make 36,000 columns in a batch uh, with a great big stirrers, but you can't stir too hard because you'll break the material and you, yep. there's a lot of work there. And as Carol said, the cobots are the next stage um, where we've actually got an operator doing a job, but at the same time operating a cobot. So it's a collaborative robot yep. for anyone who doesn't know. Um, and, um, yeah, and there are other plans to, to improve. We've been very fortunate, I must say, as well, support from Scottish Enterprise in, in a lot of the projects that we've described um, over the years. And, uh, yeah, they've, they've, they've enabled us to do things that probably we wouldn't otherwise have done and certainly do them quicker. Mm -hmm. And, and um, you know, really going back from that export award, that was Scottish Enterprise sponsored. Yep. So, yep. you know, I think we need to mention them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot going on, a lot has happened, particularly, yeah. I think, over the last 10 years. A lot's changed yeah. mm -hmm. um, going forward. So, really, coming to the end of the podcast, can you sort of summarise what we can expect from our Biofarm Roan going forward? Um, more, more new products, new technologies. Yep. Um, more fun, yeah. Um, yeah. Ultimately, probably a new a new layer of management, a new <laughs> new new generation. Yep. Yeah. You know, I can see that. Yeah. Um, but uh, more good stuff, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. We've got a lot of new products in the pipeline, some automation projects, all sorts of things that we're quite excited about, and think you know should really bring some new. Um, ideas and information and uh, products into the company. So, yeah, we're excited about that. Again, the young people in the business, I think uh, there's a lot of experienced people now um, and I think they'll really take the company forward in the future. Um, yep. So, yeah, I think um, 
our biofarm's going to be around for a long time yet. Let's so. hope so. Let's hope so. so. Well, thank you very much for joining me here today. Um, as I say, it was the first edition of our Rona InfoBytes, and this will be followed up um, in the future with sort of information on mycotoxin legislation and some of our products going forward. So thank you, and hopefully we can um, offer more podcasts for the listeners in the future. Thanks, thank Claire. you. Thanks, Claire. That was fun. <laughs>